Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Virtual Tavern, a podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi and fantasy. I love that I can say that now. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it. Uh, today on the show, we have myself, Adam Edgar, joined by Hunter Chambliss, and we have our special guest today. Special as in what? <laughs> <laughs> special as in, eh, you got a <laughs> card. <laughs> that kind of special. Jeremy. Yes. Joined by our good buddy, Jeremy Sill, makes frequent appearances on the show. And once I told him that we were doing fantasy and Lord of the Rings, his, uh, his little pee-pee down there went boing, boing, boing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> six, he was wearing a suit of armor. If he was wearing a suit of armor, it would have gone ding. It would have dented <laughs> like a Looney Tunes fucking imprint. Um, he would have he would have ruined the structural integrity. Oh my god! But it is Fantasy Friday, so you know what that means. We are continuing our coverage of the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring Extendo Cock Edition. Mm. Um, <laughs> we are about I think an hour into the film, so we right as we left off last episode. Um, we were approaching the village of Bree, but before I get to that, we have our little house cleaning things that we take care of before we get dive into the episode. Um, so our email, we didn't get any emails this week, but if you would like, you can always send us an email. Come at, on, man. I know. I, I see you guys listening. We get like fucking a couple dozen listeners every single week. I'm like, send us an email. It's yeah. Send us just, an email. Just say hi. Even negative one. Like yeah. you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Is anybody out there? <laughs> No, but uh, if you would like, you can always send us an email about literally anything, uh, question, comment, or whatever we're talking about. Let and us you know, know what? If you just need a friend, just stop by and say hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't text or call a suicide hotline. Call us. Email us. <laughs> Dude, we're trained professionals. We're I can tra- make it done cleanly. Like, email us and let us know that you think life is pointless, and I'll be like, yeah, dude, same. <laughs> <laughs> suicide is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families are affected That's every year. Fucked. But our email is contactvirtualtavern at gmail.com. Let us know what you're doing, how you're doing. Let us know how you are doing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we also have a YouTube. That's where I post YouTube shorts and a TikTok, if that's more your thing. Um, YouTube is just virtual tavern. And our TikTok is virtual underscore tavern underscore podcast. Hunter was staring at me like, <laughs> don't fuck it up. <laughs> yep, I was just watching the whole time like, come on. Come on, don't, don't leave out the last part. Yep. You got this. Uh, it's just a nice way to enjoy our podcast in a different way, like little tiny comedic bite-sized chunks. So I posted some new ones out there. Go check them out. Um, they did surprisingly well. I'm pretty happy with them. Other than that, we have Talking Point Recaps, I believe. Um, I think we did all our house cleaning shit. Nothing uh, new? I believe so. All right, then we are good to go. So Hunter, what is your... Okay, let me explain. So for those of you that don't know, we do a, something called a Talking Point Recap. It's our opportunity to reflect on the previous episode or segment. So last time it was um, the hobbits and everything leaving the Shire, making their way to Bree. You know, Bilbo leaves the ring and everything. That little segment of the movie. Making their way downtown. Town. Walking <laughs> fast, faces fast, and I'm homebound. Hunter, what is your talking Day. point recap for me? <laughs> so I guess for mine, what I'm going to do is from the last segment that we watched, what part do you feel like we got to see a character's um, true personality come out? Ooh, true per- Like, we got to see them in their element just doing what they do best. I think Sam. Like, it, it's going to kind of a weird one, but we see Sam's loyalty in just this first segment of the film. I, like, can- I, I think that's a lot of early character development of Sam. 
is that he's like, Frodo, Frodo, don't, don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee, and I don't mean to. Um, I think that's a lot of good early character development, and it just in that first like forty minutes of the film. Yeah. <clears throat> um, for me, if uh, you know, it would have been when uh, Merry and Pippin decided to just fucking tackle Frodo and Sam through, <laughs> through the cornfield. Frodo, Sam, get off of him! <laughs> You've been informing maggots crop. Um, so my talking point recap for you, Hunter, is. Who do you think was the biggest MVP of last episode, and what was their like MVP moment? Oh, most valuable player. That's actually a hard one. Um, I mean, honestly, I guess kind of um, backpacking on yours. It would have been Sam, just like his dedication to um, the cause and not wanting to let down not only um, Frodo but not wanting to let down. Um, Gandalf and just wanted to make sure that you know everything went as smoothly as possible and there wasn't any uh any sort of issues there now that's a good one I personally would have said uh I think it's Mary that throws the bag of mushrooms to distract the ring race oh yeah dude I didn't even think about that yeah I can't remember if it's Mary or Mary or Sam but one of them throws the bag of uh, mushrooms to distract the ring wraith I think it's Mary okay so that was Mary's MVP moment in my if I were to choose so no that's that's a good one if I would have thought about that I'd probably gone with that too um but yeah, that was last episode. We are on part three. Let us go straight on into it. So the hobbits, Mary, Sam, Frodo, and Pippin, um, they all arrive to breathe. The gatekeeper's there like, don't mind me. It's my job to ask questions after nightfall. He's got two fucking different sized doors. And they come to the village of Bree. It's a human village. And do you guys know what, what little cameo we're about mm-hmm. to see? Here he comes. Here he comes. P.T.L. Jackson. Right there, Peter Jackson, my boy. He, does, he has a cameo in every single film. That's cool. I actually didn't know that was Peter Jackson. You didn't know that was Peter Jackson? Uh-uh. Deep yeah. throwing that carrot? Yeah, he's deep throwing that carrot. He's like, oh, this is such a good... He's like the puffer fish <clears throat> eating the carrot video. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. But they're at a human village. Their purpose is to go to the village... Or not the village. The, the inn of the Prancing Pony. Um, this was where Gandalf said that they would meet them. And... They go in, and it's pretty much like your worst scenario dive bar. Like, there's sketchy people all over the place. Um, I do like the innkeeper here, though. He's like, good evening, little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me a little bit of some of the places we used to uh, frequent in the Port of Land. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we could say it. I mean, we don't live there anymore, so. Yeah, I know. Try doxing us in Portland, you fucks. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, we, we used to live in Portland, and. There was many a time we went to dive bars that were very similar to this place, like very grungy and very like unwelcoming. Yes. Like you'll get stabbed in the dick if you don't <laughs> have your fo- hyper focus <laughs> at all times. But the innkeeper, he's like, good evening, little masters. I, I've got some nice hobbit sized rooms for you. Mm. Um, they're but- called shoeboxes. <laughs> <laughs> but Frodo's like, we're here to see Gandalf the Grey. Can you tell me if we've arrived? And he's like, Gandalf? Gandalf. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> Pretty much. He's like, big gray beard, pointy hat. Yeah, he's not here. <laughs> I haven't seen him in six months. Good evening, little masters. What can I do for you? If you're looking for accommodation, we've got some nice, cozy, hobbit-sized rooms available. Always proud to cater to the little folk, Mr. Uh... Underhill. My name's Underhill. Underhill? Yeah. We're friends of Gandalf the Grey. Can you tell him we've arrived? 
Gandalf? Gandalf. Oh, yes, I remember. Elderly chap. Big grey beard, pointy hat. Not seen him for six months. So they have no choice but to stay here and, you know, hang out. Um, so they take the time to, like, stock up on food and everything, get some beers. Mary and Pippin have this nice comedic moment. Mary comes over. Uh, this, my friend, is a pint. It comes in pints. I'm getting one. Hmm. <laughs> and it, it's just to show how goofy and, you know, like, ridiculous Mary and Pippin are. Their, their priorities are beer. Yeah. Their priorities are always to find some way to get fucked up. Like, we'll see it later on in, uh, in the series where they just want to get drunk and smoke. Uh, the hell do they call their weed? Pipe weed. Pipe or, weed. Or a uh, long bottom leaf. Yes, <clears throat> that's what it is. The last of the long bottom leaf. I know you've run out. You smoke too much, Pippin. <laughs> um, but Frodo keeps eyeballing. Uh, we don't know him yet, but this is Strider, also known as Aragorn, also known as um, Big Papa Graca. He's just over there in the corner smoking his pipe weed. He's got his uh, cloak on and everything, so you can't tell who it is yet. Um, <clears throat> Frodo stops the innkeeper. Excuse me, that man in the corner, who is he? He's one of them rangers. Dangerous folk they are roaming the wilds. So he's like a race that's called the Dunedain. He's a Dunedain ranger. Strider is like known in this village of Bree. Like maybe he takes contracts for coin, kind of like a witcher. Yeah. Toss a coin to your witch. <laughs> Toss a coin to your strider. <laughs> oh, land of plenty. Oh, hobbit of plenty. Oh. No, but that's essentially what the Dunedain do. Like they, they roam the countryside, village to village. They take up, you know, coin for, you know, hunting jobs or maybe defending a village from orcs. They do random, like, contract shit, almost like a witcher. Yeah. Um, but How does he know of Frodo and the other hobbit? Because Aragorn is friends with Gandalf, and Aragorn was supposed to meet Gandalf here and wait for the hobbits anyway. Okay. Um, so when Gandalf, this is part from the books. He's got some creepy fingernails. He does. He's got those toddler fingernails. When Gandalf was looking for Gollum, Aragorn went with him. Aragorn and Gandalf were both searching for Gollum to try to find the ring or get information about the ring. Where is it, precious? Where the fuck is my cockerel? Fools! It rips it off! <laughs> but yeah, Gandalf and Aragorn have been friends for many years, and he was originally here to meet him as well. God, and now I can't look away. Frodo has some dirty-ass fucking gnarly fingers. He just has, like, little fingernails. They're weird. <laughs> They're like toddler fingernails. Mm. Um... But, of course, Mary, or not Mary, Pippin, is being a fucking idiot. He's over at the bar. He's like, I know a Baggins. Frodo Baggins. He's right over, over there. there. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to, like, have an alter alternate identity. Oh. Frodo's trying to go by the name of Mr. Underhill, you know, to try to, like, thwart the enemy's attention. Because they know the name Baggins. Yeah. So. Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> but Pippin's Dude, I... being a fucking idiot, giving the, giving the cover away. And Frodo goes over to him like, Pippin! And Pippin's like, steady on, Frodo! Pushes him down. Frodo falls down, and this part has always been kind of goofy to yeah, me. Yeah, falls just right... I... Could you catch a ring like that? No. It would take like... A, it's like a million and one chance that you fall down, throw the ring up, and then it like magically falls on your finger. But Hunter and I were talking about this last episode. If the he puts the ring <clears throat> on his 
penis where he disappeared too. Well, good luck getting it off. <laughs> but we were talking about this last episode. The ring, it can't like sprout legs and move, but it can like influence its trajectory a little bit. Yeah, it can All back towards the person it's Yeah. Like, yeah, like whoever it is that is in possession of it, it can kind of like influence some things. That's why when Isildur went into the finds its way back to the map. Yeah, that's why when Isildur had it in the very beginning of the movie, uh, he goes in the river. It's an extended scene. He goes in the river, mm-hmm. and the ring like comes off his finger, and so he's revealed. He's not invisible anymore. And the orcs shoot him in the back. The ring did that on purpose because he saw an opportunity. You know, oh, if I make this guy visible, the orcs will kill him and I'll be able to get free. So the ring took itself off of Isildur's finger. Is that more to get back to Sauron? Mm Mm-hmm. Not so much Frodo or... Yeah, so I think in this moment, the ring knew, all right, if I, I see a perfect opportunity, if I put myself back on this hobbit, then my lord Sauron can see me where I'm at. Because when you put on the ring... Like, it's like a homing device or like a GPS tracker. Like, immediately Sauron knows where you're at. Yeah. The eye is fixed upon you. The, yes, the whispering eye is <laughs> fixed upon you. He, he said Tell whispering eye. <laughs> that Tell means vagina. Whispering eye. We're all thinking of role models, that right? Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that means vagina. But nice. Real nice. <laughs> uh, back to the film. Frodo accidentally puts on the ring because of Pippin. Pippin's fucking blunder number one. Um, actually, I guess it's number two because of the fucking. And now the wraiths know where he's at. They're yep. already hunting. Yep. The the ring race, like they were already circling around the village of Bree, like they were only a couple miles out, and now they know exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is pretty cool. Like Frodo puts on the ring, and he's like in the spirit like wraith realm. Oh, whispering eye. And there's the whispering eye. Um, Sauron is speaking black speech. He says something like it's kind of creepy. Black speech. Not Black Lives Matter speech. <laughs> oh, I don't. I'm not sorry. Uh, but anyway. And now we're canceled. Uh, Frodo takes off the ring before uh, the eye can uh, consume him. And the ring, or not the ring wraith, Strider, who was sitting in the corner of the bar, grabs fucking Frodo. He's like, you draw too much attention to yourself, Mr. Underhill. And he brings him up to the uh, the upstairs where he can tickle his butthole in mm. private. Um, no, but <laughs> I'm making Hunter gaggle. He's drinking Mickey's. Uh, Strider takes off his cloak, reveals himself, and he says, I, are you frightened? Not nearly frightened enough. I know what hunts you. Or I'll have you, Longshanks. <laughs> yeah, the hobbits break in. Frodo, or not Frodo, Merry, Sam, and Pippin. And they're all, I love all the different weapons they're holding to like try to get the jump on Aragorn. Uh, Sam just has his bare knuckles. Uh, Mary has a candlestick and Pippin has a fucking bar stool. (laughs) Yes, anarchy, throw a chair. Anarchy, throw a chair. (laughs) But uh, Aragorn is like, you can no longer wait for the wizard wizard Frodo. They're coming. And that gives a little hint like, oh, he was here waiting for Gandalf too. Oh, they are coming. Guardian. <laughs> Little Destiny 2 reference. So anyway, we get to see the the Ringwraiths start circling, you know, you know, they start circling the village, they break into the bar, and uh the fucking the barkeeper, he's just fucking tucked against the side, just like huddling to go, no, don't <laughs> he, touch me. He's wearing please. his pajamas How and he's big like, are they? The ring race? Yeah, they're making it look like they're I think eight they're like six tall. 
I think they're like six foot, like over six foot. They're tall fuckers. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the innkeeper's just wearing his pajamas like, please don't kill me. <laughs> this please is, don't. <laughs> I remember in the theater when I watched this as a kid, the ring race all go into this room. And you don't know this yet, but these are decoys. And when I watched this for the first time, you cried. I, I, I thought they fucking died. Like, they've stuffed pillows and shit to, like, look like the hobbits. And the ring race all get into position, and they all stab in sequence. And you have this little jump cut of Sam, like, oh, God, that fucking hurts. And I thought they died. <laughs> like, this is the first time I ever watched, like, Lord of the Rings. I never read the books as a kid, so I'm like, they're dead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and Strider's watching the fucking dick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew it was going to happen, and he just sat there and watched. Yep. But no, uh, they set little decoys and everything, fluffy pillows. The ring race take off the blankets. Turns out they were fooled, bamboozled, and they start screeching everywhere. They, they're fucking pissed. Dude, the fucking noises they make are terrifying. I know. The screeching? Yeah, the screeching, it just sounds like someone getting fucking brutally murdered every time they get pissed off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really good sound design on Peter Jackson part or whoever did the audio composing for the ring race. It you watched all the extras. Do they go into any detail about how they created those sounds? I maybe they did. I just can't remember. There's like 30 hours of bonus content. I just wonder what animals they mixed together because I'm kind of getting that vibe. Excuse me. I'm sure they did explain it in the behind the scenes material, but that's like 30 hours. Like I've watched it all probably twice. I think what? Yeah. Nerd. You take my DVD box set right now. It's right there staring at you. You need to watch all 30 plus hours of behind the scenes shit. Well, I have it. I've just never watched it. Oh my God. Unforgivable. Bruh. Like, <laughs> I don't even fucking own the extended editions, and I would go through it if I had it. <laughs> it's pretty great. Like, it gives you so much, like, backstory and, uh, like, just understanding of the process of making the films and just how much of a strong friendship the actors had too behind the scenes like everybody it was a three-year process right like the movies took like two and a half three years of making in new zealand so they spent christmases together they spent holidays together and they the whole cast and crew became like family and you get that sense in the behind the scenes material dude can you just imagine being able to stay in new zealand the entire time you're filming these fucking movies like i think they took breaks like they 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 probably came home for like a month or two to the states. Yeah, <clears throat> I love it though. Oh yeah, I want to go. New there. Zealand is fucking gorgeous. It's a beautiful country. Like they chose a perfect perfect place to film these movies. Oh yeah, but Aragorn is explaining to Frodo. He's Frodo's like, what are they? And Aragorn's like, they were once men, great kings of men. Uh, kind of like what we learned in the pro uh, prologue. Um, yeah. that they were once given rings. <laughs> Wait, what? (laughs) They were once men. (laughs) (laughs) Until Sauron the Deceiver cut off their dicks. (laughs) One by one, they succumbed to darkness. (laughs) That's fucked. Oh, shit. Nuva ring men. <laughs> Nuva. <laughs> okay. But, okay, that was good. I need to take a breather. Uh, fuck, where were we? Aragorn oh. was explaining to Frodo, they were once men, great kings of men, until Sauron the Deceiver gave them nine rings of power. Um, but Sauron obviously created the one ring, and because of the one ring, 
and because men are the most susceptible to corruption, uh, Sauron was easily able to control these kings of men and bend them to his will and turn them into wraiths. Yeah. So, uh, hold on a second. So in the beginning, it's explaining how many rings were given to each race. Yes. Yeah. So what is it? Nine to N- men? Nine to men, seven to dwarfs, and three to elves. And then Sauron created his own ring. Yes. That has a power over all these other rings? Yes. Like, all the other rings cannot match the power of the one ring and will, like, if they reveal themselves, the one ring can control all the others. So that's how he corrupted these men and gained control over them? Yes. And partly because men are just so easy to be corrupted in the first place. Yeah, like, the elves would have been probably the hardest, which is why he only gave them three, um, due to the fact that they have their kind of... I guess magical capabilities. Yeah. Did he create these rings too? He helped in the books. Does it doesn't does well, it ever say like who created these rings? Well, I would say watch the rings of power, but save yourself the torture and don't. Uh, just read the <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, from my understanding, Kella Brimbor, who is like an elven smith and a elf disguised a a Sauron Sauron disguised as an elf. So um, that's the dude from the. Um, video game series. He, no, that's yes in Shadows of Mordor. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I haven't played the games very much. Yeah, Celebrimbor. He plays like a spirit that's binded. Yeah. To the yeah, that's him. Okay. Oh, that's um, cool. So you have Celebrimbor, who was like the smith of the elves, and Sauron, who disguised himself as like a fair elf, and he like him and uh, Celebrimbor worked together on the rings, and that's how we like. The best way I can describe it is he planted a backdoor hack into every single ring yeah. to like control them. Um, the reason why the elves didn't like turn to the dark side is because they went into hiding. Uh, Galadriel went into the forest of Lorien, and I think they're far enough from the effects of the ring. Or? Yeah, they the the elves hid themselves away, and the dwarves most of their rings were taken by dragons. Yeah, the elves they were kind of like. Uh... Into exile, I must go. <laughs> Fucking Frodo. Fa- or failed. not Frodo, Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> failed, I have. Yeah. But, mm. yeah, the elves went into hiding because they knew if they revealed themselves with the rings of power, they would be controlled. Um, the dwarves' rings were uh, mostly taken by dragons. Almost all of them were. And the rings of men, you know, we know what happened to them. Sauron controlled them. The Where nine, can I learn all nine these things? fucking rings? Um, I listen to a lot of Lord of the Rings podcasts, but it's in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main trilogy one through three, and some of it I took from the Similarian that a lot of podcasts I listen to um, also reference. I was gonna say I'm willing to bet it's in the Similarian too. I've never read it, but I know that it's very um, in depth and detailed about the universe. Yeah, I it's too lore heavy for me. It's basically just a big lore dump book. I started to read a little bit, but it's very hard to follow. It is like. I just listen to a lot of Lord of the Rings podcasters, and they do the homework for me, mm. and they tell me cool shit. Lazy oh, it is. so it's not the fact they already have this info. It's that you steal it from other people. Mm. I see how it is. I see how it is, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I plagiarize, bitch. <laughs> um, but now, Strider, um, we don't know his na- real name yet, but it's Aragorn. Aragorn, I'm just going to call him Aragorn, is take, excuse me, whose idea was it to drink beer again? <laughs> it's always mine and Jeremy's. But mm-hmm. Aragorn is taking Frodo, Merry, Sam, and Pippin through the wilds to the elven uh, town of Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where Elrond is the only one that could really help these people, um, where the ring could be temporarily safe. That was uh, Gandalf's plan in the beginning. A.K.A. father-in-law. Yeah, father-in-law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, tech, kind of, yeah. They're not married yet, but yeah, I see what you're going with. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, can you count a friends with benefit like as- they're not married? Not at this moment in time. No, they get married. After, nah, man, they just fucking. They just <laughs> <laughs> they get married. Uh, once the War of the Ring is over and everything. What that smell like? <laughs> <laughs> Where that Elvis pushy at? <laughs> but <laughs> here's a nice little comedic moment. They're going through the the wilderness, and Pippin, you know, being the fat ass that he is, he's like, uh. We're going to stop for a second breakfast. And about Aragorn, afternoonsies? Yeah. Aragorn turns around. He's like, gentlemen, we do not stop till nightfall. What about breakfast? You've already had it. We, we had one, yes. But what about second breakfast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aragorn's like, I'm done with these fucking hobbits. Gentlemen, we do not stop till nightfall. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? Luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. He knows about them, doesn't he? I wouldn't count on it. Dude, I cannot hear second breakfast without picturing the fucking YouTube poop of, yes, what about second breakfast? You've already had it. Afternoonsies, you've already had it. Luncheon, you've already already had had it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You've already had it. You've already had it. You've already had it. Yes. But hobbits, they have like six meals throughout the day. Um, So... Breakfast, second breakfast, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. Um, they just live a life of leisure. Yeah. Smoking, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we're smoking, we're tracking, we're cracking. They kind of live the life of like modern day rappers when you think about it. They're, they're modern day Portlanders. They live by the three, <laughs> the three F's. Fighting, fucking, and... Fun food and fisting. Oh, fun, <laughs> <laughs> fun food and fisting. <laughs> oh my God. But <laughs> obviously the hobbits are not built for the, the life of the wild, right? You know, they, they live a life of comfort and everything. So they're having to adapt. Um, they can't just stop every fucking 40 minutes for another meal. Here's a nice little extended scene, which I kind of understand why they cut it out. It doesn't add anything. Um, it's cool, though. Like, this is, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this is like the, the River of the Dead or whatever, right? Or the River of the Dam. No. Or am I thinking way too far ahead? You're, it's very similar. It's not the Dead Marshes yet. Okay. Um, that's more towards uh, Mordor. Okay. We're still in Eriador, which is like the continent to the northwest of Middle Earth. Um, so this is just a generic-ass swamp. I don't know what it would be called, but it's an extended scene. Um, they're just traveling through. The bugs are biting them and everything. But this is a cool little scene. I don't think this was in the theatrical release. All the hobbits are sleeping, and Aragorn is singing like a little elvish song. And it's about um, an elven, I forget their names, but Frodo wakes up. He's like, who is this woman you sing of? And Aragorn, it's like, the, oh, the Lady of Luthien, Baron and Luthien. Okay. So Baron and Luthien, they were a human and elf couple like thousands of years ago in like the first or second age. And uh, it's a lot like Aragorn and, um, help me out here, Hunter. Aragorn. I, I don't fucking remember her name. I remember her face. I don't remember. Jeremy, her help name. us out here. Who's Aragorn's fucking elf bitch? Don't wanna close my eyes. Uh, Jeremy, I'm it's drawing his a blank. daughter. I can't remember her name in this movie. Arwen. 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 Yes. Arwen. Arwen? That's Eowyn. 
That's the that's a Rohirrim princess. Oh, but you're close. What did you say? Aowen. Aowen. And then Arwen. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Cool whip. Potato, potato. Cool whip. <laughs> but Arwen. That's uh, why the Silmarillion's so hard to follow. A lot of the, the names, names are, are just like. Oh, if you think the the fucking subtle differences. If you think the names are hard to follow, wait till you get to like the line of Durin. They just every single fucking dwarven king is just named Durin the third or Durin the twentieth. They just keep naming themselves Durin. So you have to like remember which one. It's like the fucking kings of France, like Louis the fucking twelfth or some shit. Louis the sixteenth. I no longer want to have two wives. I want one wife. One wife is all you need. <laughs> but yeah, the whole story that the whole uh, song that Aragorn is singing, it's very reminiscent of himself and Arwen. Um, the for kind of forbidden love between a mortal man and a elven woman. Yeah, and that's um, actually something that I was going to talk about too. Is that um, clearly the reason he he sings that song and he holds it as um, as dearly as he does is because of the similarities between um, those two and Aragon and uh, Arwen. Yeah, it makes him feel not alone. I'm sure. Yeah, it's exactly. So, it's so relatable. But we go to a scene with Saruman. Uh, the fucking goat, uh, Sir Ian McKellen, right? Yeah, Sir Ian McKellen. Mm. Um, whispering eye. <laughs> another whispering eye. No, but- that's Christopher Lee. Oh my God, did I get them mixed up? Yes. Oh, I fucking sick. Okay, so our boy Christopher Lee, my bad. I think they're both sirs anyway. We so. do this every I, time. I, yeah, I think they are sirs. Morbius? Mobius. But Sauron. God fuck. Saruman is talking to Sauron via the Palantir, and he's telling him, all of Middle-earth will bow to you, and Sauron says, build me an army worthy of Mordor. Uh, yeah, fucking Sauron's like, the whole, all of Middle-earth will bow to you. He's like, bet. <laughs> I bet. Uh, Sauron, Saruman is actually a little shaken up. After Sauron tells him to build him an army, he goes back to his, like, fucking, his office room, and he's a little shaken up. He's like, dude, how am I going to meet this quota? <laughs> <laughs> fucking company's going to suck me out of the ship. How am I going to meet quota? Oh, it's like fucking, what is Le- that game called? Lethal, Lethal Company. company. <laughs> you have failed to meet quota. <laughs> it's so- oh my God, Saruman's playing Lethal Company for Sauron. And he's like, build me an army. And he fails to meet quota. So he gets sucked out of fucking Barador. But... Orcs from Mordor come to uh, Isengard, um, and now orcs from Mordor are, Saruman gives them the order, rip all the trees down, burn them down, we have work to do, and they're going to use all of the trees for, like, a, a next industrial revolution. It's kind of cool, like, because of Saruman's, like, wizardry knowledge, um, Isengard is, like, the most technologically advanced fucking faction in Lord of the Rings. They build explosive devices. They use fucking, like, uh, really high advanced ballistas and shit. Like, Sauron, or God fucking damn it. Saruman. Saruman is the most technologically advanced faction in Lord of the Rings. It's pretty it, cool. He's kind of like the U.S. when it comes to our um, military capabilities. Like, <laughs> he's advanced beyond most of, you know, most of, if not all of his enemies. Yeah. But he's starting to build an army. Gandalf is still trapped on the on the top of uh, Barador, 
um, Aragorn and the in the Hobbits they come to the Tower of Amundsil, and it's not really a tower anymore. It's kind of it's like more of a ruin, but it used to. If I remember right, in the books, this used to carry a Palantir as well during like the first or second age. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a watchtower used by the the Dunedain, I think, or the the yeah the Dunedain. It was used by the Dunedain, and there was a Palantir up there, if I remember. What is that? It's the, the, the crystal ball that Saruman oh, speaks into. You, okay. Uh, there was one here at Amonsul, if I remember, in the book. But <laughs> I can't remember. Does, does Frodo get handed Sting? Mm, not here. Okay. It comes later. He'll get it from uh, Bilbo when he reaches Rivendell. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if uh, and the Aragorn gave it to him mm-hmm. or if it was one that he got later on in the film. Because the, the, the hilt of the sword he was just handed looks very similar to that. But, I mean, it is also a short sword, so it could just be um, the similar styles of it. Yeah, so what happens is Aragorn has to do some scouting around, and he gives the, the hobbits, like, four little daggers. But to hobbits, they're, like, the size of short swords. Yeah. Um, so to arm themselves with. They're, they're rusty pieces of shit. <laughs> um, but it's better than nothing, right? But Mary, Sam, and uh, Pippin, they're all fucking cooking. Like, the one thing you don't do at nighttime is light a fucking fire. And they do that. But they're, they're hobbits, right? They're not meant for the wilderness. They don't have, like, this kind of mentality in their brain. Yeah. They don't think like survivalists. Um, and that is just like a fucking beacon for the ring race because they're still looking for them. The ring race never gave up their pursuit. Um, and because of the fire, the ring race are fucking able to hone in on them. Um, so now like this is kind of scary. Well, the ring too, right? They're drawn to it also. Yes. But the, the, like, they can't get like an exact location on you. Like they can get in a general area. Yeah. Like maybe then that just pinpointed them is what you're saying. Yeah. I think the, I mean, this is just speculation. We don't know for sure, but I think when you put on the ring, the ring race know like within a mile of where you're at, mm. but they can't like pinpoint you exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like um, when police are searching for certain um, phone numbers and things calling, like they can triangulate triangulate it, but they can't get a pinpoint location without the. They know what county you're in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but they still have to like search in that local area. But this is a pretty scary fucking scene, guys. Like they, there's mist and fog down low beneath the tower. And you just see five of the ring race walking through the fog, and it is eerie as hell. Mm. And you just see Frodo, like, run! He, fucking just start shitting. I was like, oh, fuck! Oh, fuck! Fall back! <laughs> to the second level. <laughs> I was gonna do it, too. For the love of shit, run! <laughs> but all four of the hobbits retreat back to the top of the tower, and they're back-to-back and everything. But what can you do, right? It goes to slow motion. And I love the music that's playing right now. I can't play it, otherwise it'll reverb off our mics, but it's like, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. That fucking angelic, you know, choir kind of song. It's, it's eerie. I love the music design in this fucking movie, man. Sweet it's, boots. It's so good. Oh, dude, their boots look like they, it's almost like their, their boots on the very tips have blades attached to them because mm-hmm. of how fucking pointy they are. I'm wondering if, those little points on their boots are meant to, because they have cavalry, right? They have horses. I'm also wondering if the purpose of those boots is to constantly jab the side of their horses and torture them to make them ride faster. Yeah, usually that's be. on the heel, like a spur. I would say usually, yeah, that would have been on the spur, but it's oh. possible um, 
because of how big these dudes are, like it might be easier for them to just fucking hook it over to the side and get it oh. more in like the rib cage too. So I can see both sides of that. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what the practical use is, it does look menacing as fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ring race, they all circle the hobbits. Pigeon toe, motherfucker. And mm. in unison, they all draw their blades and like do like a fucking like phalanx stance on the hobbits. Like right here. It's fucking eerie, man. Like, what do you do? You have these five figures with long ass swords and you have these tiny daggers. Like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, but Sam, <laughs> what <are you> do? <laughs> Sam proving his bravery. He's the first one like back you devils. And he tries, you know, but they just push him aside. And the twins, Mary and Pippin, they just get thrown aside. They don't put up a fight at all. And Frodo falls down. Of course, the first thing he does is pull out his ring. Yeah. Look how large the ring is, though. It must size down to go on his finger. Look at that. Like, it's the size of three of his fingers. You might be right. Because it's a cock ring, sir. It's a cock. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's take a look at this ring. It's two size. God damn, that is a big ring. Mm, the throbbit. That, that is <laughs> the weird. The throbbit. <laughs> the throb. Oh, my God. But uh, So go, I wonder if, what if the reason that it looks so much, so much larger now than it it's does previously Sauron's in the film? Ring. Well, well, it's supposed to shrink down, isn't it? Well, I wonder if because the wraiths were there, if it grew larger, expecting them to take the ring from him. Ooh, that's a nice little bit of headcanon we can do. Like, that's, that's what would make sense to me, because, you know, as we've said, it'll shrink down to the user. It'll mm -hmm. grow or shrink as needed. But as soon as he pulls it out, like, it's way bigger than we've ever seen it. Yeah. At least while in Frodo's uh, possession. It's because Frodo has a massive cock. <laughs> no but anyway boy dummy let's, thick let's get back to the film so frodo the only thing that he can think to do is put on the ring to disappear right dildo baggins dildo baggins <laughs> the only thing he can think to do is put on the ring to escape but that's not going to work on the ring race no like they're also wearing rings of power yeah, you're about to get stabbed boy and when frodo goes into the, the spirit realm he sees all the the ring race in their human form mm. they're like ghouls they don't have fair looking images, but they're also, I think they're also wearing their versions of their rings of power too. Um, but they know exactly where Frodo is. It's, it didn't help at all. It made the situation worse, actually. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't know yet how it all works. That's why yeah. he threw it on to escape. Yeah. But yeah. actually just made things worse for himself. Yeah. Admittedly, Frodo doesn't know that's how it works. So, but. One of the ring race comes forward. He was about to stab Frodo with the knife, but then Frodo put on the ring, and temporarily the ring race didn't know where he was, but for like a split second, and then he saw him again. And we don't know this yet, but this is actually the, the Witch King. He's like the leader and the strongest of the ring race. That's cool. I didn't know that we got to see the Witch King this early. Uh-huh. Well, it's actually it's referenced in the third movie when Gandalf is talking to Pippin. and be, He's like talking about... The enemy has yet to reveal their deadliest servant, uh, the Witch King of Angmar. And he's talking to Pippin. You've met him before. He stabbed Frodo on Weathertop. And this is the Witch King. He just doesn't have his uh, awesome-ass helmet on right now. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the Witch King is using some kind of influence to like bring the ring closer to him. <laughs> and I love this scene, yeah. man. Oh, you don't want to give it to me? <laughs> That's what he does. Like, I'm going to take it. Like, Frodo barely has enough power and strength to, like, rip the ring away before the Nazgul can get it. And like you said, Jeremy, the, the ring race, like, oh, 
So that's how it's going to be. Stab. <laughs> little fucker. I <laughs> <laughs> you little bitch. So the ring wraith, uh, the witch king of Angmar, stabs Frodo with the Morgul blade. And we'll learn later on that the Morgul blade has like some kind of poison that, ooh, that is my phone. Bye, honey. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> that it has some kind of like poison that turns you into a wraith if it's left untreated. Yeah. Um, Aragorn mates, makes a fucking last minute fucking entrance, right? Uh, no time like the present, I guess, Aragorn. Yeah. But he has a really awesome fight where he's facing on five ring rays by himself. And he's giving them the business. He has a torch. The ring rays are partially scared of fire and like water. I'm starting to think they're just afraid of any element. You yeah. Know? I mean, that would kind of make sense due to the fact that we've already seen them run away when they get near water. And now one got straight up lit on fire. Yeah. And the rest of them are like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> one of them just jumps off the tower like, I'm out. Um, but Aragorn does a really good job of fighting all these fuckers. And... These is, this is real pyrotechnics. Like, this is real people getting caught on fire with, like, fire retardant suits underneath the cloak. Again, because when these films came out, like, they mainly focused on uh, practical effects, which yes. makes the, this, this fucking series so fucking good. Yeah. And that's why I hate... I, I still love the Hobbit movies, but why? Yeah. Why did we have to stray from that and it, go to all the CGI... It's, yeah, it definitely, it sucks. The, the Lord of the Rings was made at the perfect time. It was at a point in technology and the industry of cinema where CGI was just good enough to supplement things that you couldn't do with practical effects, but you couldn't over-rely on it. Like, we were talking about this last episode, I think, like the Balrog. Yeah. It, the Balrog was done so beautifully. Oh, yeah. But... W- CGI was still expensive back then. You can't have an entire film with the Balrog. Yeah. No, like, I mean, back then, you know, not only was it expensive, but we were still kind of playing around with the idea of doing CGI versus practical effects. So, you know, they didn't want to go balls deep in it. Yeah. Nowadays, half the shit you see is digitized. Yeah. Or digitalized, excuse and, me. And it sucks that the Hobbit's, the Hobbit's uh, trilogy was a symptom of this. Mm. A lot of big companies, like uh, film film companies, will cheap out and use CGI because it still is technically cheaper. It, nowadays, it's cheaper than building real props and everything. Yeah. What you guys are saying, like how successful this series was, mm-hmm. I wonder if that ties in to The Hobbit. Of, Like you're saying, it's cheaper, it's quicker. Mm-hmm. Let's throw this thing together while this is hot so we can make this money. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there was a 10-year gap in between The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but obviously The Lord of the Rings was a big IP that we could cash in on and also not spend the same budget that we did on The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we can save it. puts that in the trash of what I just said, so why didn't they just take the time like they did on these? Because CGI was still cheaper than... So what? The first Hobbit was like, what, 2011, I think? Around Uh, there? 2011, 2012? I think it would have been 2012. It had to have been 2012. It would have been yeah. late 2012 to early 2013. So The Hobbit. If they would have done The Hobbit exactly like these did, they did these, I think it'd be 10 times better. Oh, I absolutely agree. But yeah, also, I agree 1,000%. Would, but it would be more expensive. So? But, but they're they not. They would recuperate that money easily. Well, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not saying, like, let's do CGI. But in terms of, like, a corporate decision, like, if they're, you know, counting pennies and everything. 
um, they're going to choose CGI as the cheaper option, even yeah. though. Tactical. I wonder how much that angered Peter Jackson. I, I know I don't know about Peter Jackson. I know it almost broke Ian McKellen, like Ian McKellen, uh, fucking Gandalf. Yeah, didn't he, he have to do like almost all of his filming by himself? Oh, you're yeah. talking about okay. Yeah, he. I had mean, to that do... makes more sense with him, but I'm talking more like, what's the big white? The big what? Orc in uh, the Oh, um, Azog the Defiler. Yeah, he's in like, what, 70% of the movie, and it's all that CGI? Yeah, yeah. but they could have done that with practical effects. Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah, if we could have had like him actually be there as opposed to this fucking digital monstrosity, like, I mean, it, it looked all right, yeah. but. Well, the first Hobbit movie and the second one weren't that bad. The most egregious one was the Battle of the Five Armies. That was when disgusting. When they riding the freaking goats and that whole movie is disgusting <laughs> to look at. Like it gives me a. headache. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. The the Battle of the Farm, Five Armies gives me a headache to watch. Mm. It's hard on my eyes. It's, but anyway, it's all right. You're kind of hard on my eyes too, so I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm just hard all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, secret cap. That's my I'm secret cap. Hard. I'm always hard. Let's get back to the film. Um, Shall we? So Aragorn is fighting the ring race and everything, and this is pretty badass. There's only one ring wraith left, <laughs> and the ring wraith does a, like a little turn, and Aragorn, right in the it. fucking dome, right in the kisser, throws his torch. <laughs> Pow! Right in the kisser. And the ring wraith's like, "Fuck! I'm on fire! <laughs> ah, it hurts! It's Get getting back. hot! <laughs> it hurts us!" <laughs> It's getting hot in her. It's getting hot in here. So take <laughs> off all your clothes. But Aragorn rushes to Frodo now that the ring race are taken care of. And Aragorn's like he's been stabbed by a Morgul blade. So he knows what kind of a weapon this is. Yeah. Um, the, the blade turns to ash and everything. And now it's a race against time. Because Frodo, not only being stabbed, like that's a problem in and of itself. But there's a deep, like, poison in that blade that is working its way to Frodo's, like, heart or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like um, when you get bitten by a zombie, you know. It, it's, it's the infection spreading through your body, but in a different way. Like, uh, when it comes to a zombie infection, you know, you get bitten, you get turned into a zombie. Here, he got stabbed by the Morgul blade, and if that poison manages to run its course, then he's going to become a ring wraith. So, yep. kind of similar. Yeah, so if that if that blade is left to its own devices, he'll become a ring wraith. Exactly. And we were just saying, like, what if he had became like a ring wraith and he had like, <laughs> yeah, he became like a, he had a ring wraith and he just had to ride around on a fucking like a, a little donkey or a pony. Like all the other ring wraiths have these full size horses, but Frodo <laughs> as a ring wraith, he's all cloaked and everything, has his own tiny ho- a pony. <laughs> his yeah, own dude. Pony. Imagine like. And not to mention, you know, you have all these these kings of men, right? When you put the ring on, <laughs> you're looking at Frodo. him, and you just have Frodo standing there like, eh. <laughs> He's what's, got his own tiny Morgul blade. What's the name of dagger. his My Little Pony? My Little Pony, my precious. Meat Wallet? Meat Wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that's the name of my pocket pussy. That's different. <laughs> we go back to Isengard, and my wife is angry because I ate her Oreo. She's texting me. We go back to Isengard, the Tower of uh, Orthanc. Um, Barador is the Tower of Mordor. I need to get those two separated. Orthanc is Saruman's tower. Uh, Gandalf has been just sitting at the top of this tower, like in exile. I guess Saruman doesn't have enough money for a dungeon, so he just keeps, like, put him on the fucking roof. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
Sa- uh, Saruman has completely industrialized Isengard. Like, it's basically America in any fucking world war. Yep. <laughs> um, Saruman, like, he's burning all of the trees. Isengard used to be, like, this really beautiful place with, like, trees and grass and flowers and everything. And he's using all of that to, like, f- uh, fuel his uh, furnaces and his, like, <clears throat> excuse me, and his, like, iron forges and everything. And he's creating an army for Sauron. Um, we were talking about this when we took a break. These aren't orcs that Saruman is creating. Yeah. These are Urukai. They're a completely new creation. You by- sh- you're sure they didn't used to be elves? The orcs used to be elves. Okay. Um, and this, the Urukai, these big ass like mutants, you know, like they're, they're, they're fucking jacked, right? They did not skip leg or arm day or anything. Like they're three times the strength of a normal human. Dude, they are fucking Mordor's gym bros. They are Mordor's gym bros. Like, Saruman created these Urukai. I and- need my creatine. <laughs> <laughs> They're just eating creatine by the fucking payload. <laughs> but these are extremely strong beasts that are the creation, the mixture of orcs and goblins. And the reason why this is so important is because this new creation of like orc hybrid, goblin. Or yeah, orc goblin hybrid. Uh, they can go out in daylight. Hmm. Normal orcs, at least by like canon, are not allowed to go out during daytime. Like the the Return of the King kind of fucks that up a little bit. But uh, normal orcs, they really do not like to go out in daylight. These urukai just don't give a fuck. Um, in the book, does it give a description why? Because I didn't know that either. Um, I actually don't remember too much about that. Um, I just know that. And the Rings of Power, as much as I don't like that show, they do go into that as well. That the orcs do not like sunlight. And I think in the Rings of Power, if I remember, it, they actually get burned by sunlight. Um, okay, and, and so they kind of have like the rules of vampires almost, where sunlight ve- burns them. Very similar, yes. Okay. Like, like even uh, trolls in The, in the Hobbit, yep. mm-hmm. they turn, turn to, to stone. stone. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much like any evil creature hates the sun or is directly affected by the sun in some way. And that's why in the Rings of Power, the, uh, the orcs wanted to create their own homeland and block out the sun um, because the sun was uh, obviously like burning them and everything. So what they need to do is follow the rule of 300 and just keep firing arrows. And then we'll fight in the shade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but these Urukai are created by Saruman. Um, like you said, Jerry, created or just dug out of the earth. I he, I think Saruman does some kind of like wizardry. Yeah, with I like, think he does like almost alchemy to be able to bring these creatures to life. That might be a more accurate definition is some kind of alchemy between like uh, orc and goblin DNA. Um, I mean, obviously this is fantasy, so maybe like flesh combine them in a tincture and then like fucking grow them out of the ground. Grow them out of the ground with goblin DNA. <laughs> 100% non-GMO goblin DNA. <laughs> but these Urukai come out of the ground. They're like in like clay, like much like eggs or cocoons. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like placenta. Pl- there we go. Placenta. <laughs> yeah. Like mud, mud placenta is what they're, they come out of. And as soon as this fucking Urukai comes out, he instantly strangles the orc handler that's like, hey, hey, buddy, welcome to the land of the living. Do you want some juice? Do you want like a cake pop or something? And then Ur- Ur- Lurch is like, oh, motherfucker. 
listen here, I just crawled out of a mussy and I don't need to hear about it. <laughs> a, a, a what? A mussy? A, a mud pussy? Yeah. <laughs> he kisses on my lips and then he kisses on my mussy. <laughs> Lurch grabs the orc. He's like, listen, motherfucker. I did not just crawl out of that mussy to be taking no shit from no fucking Mordor goblin pussy bitch. <laughs> mussy. <laughs> but Saruman is looking at this, his first creation, right? And we don't know it yet, but this is Lurtz. And I don't think the movie ever actually says it. It's more like the games in like extended media. But what are we going to That's say? your troll you're talking about right there, right? Yeah. So we go back to it. This is an extended scene, I think. Um, Sam is trying to take care of Frodo. And they camp out in the same location Bilbo had many years ago, yep. where the, the dwarves and Bilbo got ambushed by the three trolls, and they're all turned to stone, mm-hmm. like in the exact same positions they were 60 years ago. It's a pr- nice little, little homage. So that reminds me on the Prancing Pony where we started this off at. Is this the same place that Gandalf and Thorne met? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was thinking so. And Peter Jack, it doesn't make any sense because it's 60 years earlier, but Peter Jackson makes a cameo in that one too as the same guy eating a carrot. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't make any so sense. Give, well, kind of, because it's the same location. But it's 60 years earlier. Yeah. Maybe it was his grandfather. Yeah. The same guy that's eating a carrot. It was his grandfather also eating a carrot. <laughs> Maybe. But the whole group, um, I think Aragorn tells. Uh, Sam, Sam, do you know the Athelus plant? Athelus, Kingsfoil, Kingsfoil, aye, that's a weed. And Aragorn, being a ranger of the wilds and everything, and, you know, the, the, he, he practices the old ways of medicine, right? Like in the first and second age of men, the Dunedain. So he knows about the, the medical applications of something like Kingsfoil. Yeah. So is this the same, this is the same weed, again, from The Hobbit, when Keeley get shot i think so yes okay um it is kind of cool that uh you know they they keep the same references and um info flowing through throughout not only this series but the hobbit as well like they have to where there's that um oh what's the continuity yes thank you continuity yeah so arwen you know jumps aragorn as he's looking for king's foil to help slow the infection and what's this? A ranger cut off his guard ah. and is pointing the blade at Aragorn's neck. And we don't know it yet, but this is Arwen. And Arwen obviously is the love interest of Aragorn. Yeah, she's fucking pointing the blade at his throat. It's like, I just want you to be deep inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arwen comes to Frodo and there's this. And <laughs> on my, on my mussy. Um, Arwen being very extra, has like this angelic light behind her. We were saying in last episode, a lot of the elves have like this angelic light and glow to them. So when Arwen arrives, she has to do a big, you know, fucking Taylor Swift kind of level entry entrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Arwen Don't is... Don't bring Taylor Swift into this. No, we're not. We're not Swifties. No. Uh, Arwen is here to help, and she's going to be taking Frodo on her horse. And she's like, I'm the fastest rider. I'm his best chance at survival. Yeah. Look um, at my horse. <laughs> it's, my horse is amazing. <laughs> but Arwen is talking to Aragorn and Elvish. And 
Aragorn is also talking back in Elvish. This is the first sign that Aragorn has a deep-rooted center in Elvish culture. You're saying El- Elvish? Yeah. I thought you said Elvis. Elvis? Oh, no, no, no. That's a pretty bang. I don't know how school. Welcome to fried chicken, baby. Oh, God. But Aragorn's like, ride hard, ride fast, and <laughs> ride hard. You fuckers. <laughs> you guys are disgusting. Dewey Cox. <laughs> yes. Arwen is riding through the countryside, and this is another thing that's different in the books. In the books, Arwen isn't the one to come and save Frodo like this. It's a different elf that we never see in the book, in the movies. His name is Glorfindel. And Glorfindel, I think, is part of the house of Elrond or he's Elrond's son. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on those details, but in the movies, it's totally different than the, what, how it is in the books. So do you think they could have possibly swapped it up, not only to introduce Arwen a little bit sooner, but um, maybe for like production value, like trying to make it to where they didn't have to hire as many extras or things like that just have it to where there's already someone that's going to be in the movie so they just kind of swap that out a little bit oh like why it's different oh because it would be too bloat so like they didn't want to i see what you mean like they didn't want to hire two different actors so they kind of melded two different characters roles into one for the film yeah like they wanted to try to reduce the cost of um the wages mm. that they were paying actors so rather than hire an extra to that uh, do this ride like maybe they just they had it to where Arwen's character was the one to save him to kind of help that with. could have been a factor but I think what's more of a reality is just having to crunch for time right yeah the books are so massive I think Peter Jackson's vision is uh he just took many characters roles and like trimmed them down to where it still made sense for the movie but you're not introducing like 30 different extra characters yeah. just for the sake of time, not like budget constraints or anything. Yeah. And that makes sense too. Yeah. Glorfindel doesn't play like a huge role in the books if I remember right. So it doesn't make sense to introduce a new character just for have him disappear. Yeah. I mean, essentially he'd be nothing more than the innkeeper. Pretty much. Like imagine if the innkeeper played a more predominant role. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow fucking comes back. He's already at fucking uh, like, Elrond's palace just like hey what's up he's at the battle of Helm's Deep and then he comes back and he's he's at the battle of fucking Minas Tirith he's riding on a horse charging with Theoden like <laughs> fucking just holding a goddamn mug going in to fucking beat someone to death with it. yeah so all the ring race are still searching for Frodo in the ring and Arwen is getting very close to Rivendell Arwen crosses a river with the ring race right on her ass and Arwen is like, if you want him, come and claim him, raises her sword and everything. Uh, the ring race, they don't want to cross the river, but it, they eventually force themselves to start crossing. And this is pretty cool. Arwen summons, it's like the defenses of Rivendell. Arwen summons the power of the river. And this is a combination of Elrond and Gandalf's magic. Elrond is the one that has the power to like summon this uh, tidal wave. And uh, Gandalf is the one that added the, the finishing touches of the waves taking the shape of horses. That was Gandalf's little touch to that. That's pretty cool. Um, that's not said in the movies, but that's more of a book thing. So this is the power of Rivendell, fending off the forces of evil. Yeah. The tidal wave, the tsunami, whatever you want to call it, 
completely envelops <laughs> <laughs> completely envelops all of the ring race, and they are taken care of for the the rest of this movie. They don't come back until like the two towers, I think. Um, so the ring race are taken care of. Frodo eventually uh, has finally started to succumb to his wounds, like he's trying to hold on as best he can. Arwen's like, Frodo, don't give in. Don't, don't give in to the power of darkness. Not now. And this is kind of a, a goofy uh, scene. We this see- is the same as what you're saying when they're staying at the Prancing Pony. How you felt about that scene, this is how I felt when I was watching this. Like, oh, this, this dude's dead. Yeah. Like, he's gone. You see a little uh, montage where... Um, <laughs> it's kind of goofy. Like you see Elrond, just like, like a all very, dogs go to heaven. Like yeah, it is you like all dogs go to heaven. Come back. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> this, that's what this is. Charlie, <laughs> welcome to El- <laughs> welcome to Rivendell, Charlie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a magical year. Dude, I hate done. this. It's when they show all come the into the freaking bedroom. And- oh, in the Return of the King, mm. and it's slow mo. <laughs> Um, but Frodo wakes up in the Elvish, uh, village of Rivendell. This is the house of Elrond. And this was the safe location that Gandalf had in mind in the beginning. And I think this is a good place to kind of stop this episode, guys. So I think this is the end of another chapter. Um, Gandalf is there to wake up Frodo and Frodo has made it to safety. Uh, Elrond has healed Frodo with the power of Elvish medicine. Because Elrond is like one of the oldest and most powerful elves in Middle Earth, like kind of on the same level as Galadriel. Um, so he he's very powerful, and it was able to stave off the evil and the poison of the Morgul blade and keep Frodo alive. Mm. But Frodo's made it to safety, guys, and I think this is a good point to end this episode. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about this episode? This segment. Um, I feel like we got a lot of really good lore in this segment. You know, we got to learn that. Um, not only are you know obviously like we, we knew that the ring race were the men right from uh the, the the kings of men that were given the rings yeah but we got to learn that when you have the ring on you get to actually see them even though they're kind of ghoulish we get to see them in their their human form um that was a cool detail that we didn't know yeah that's a really a really interesting detail that they decided to throw in um and i mean overall i feel like this segment, it's 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 not as heavy of lore building as maybe some of the other ones, but mm-hmm. it's still really good, and you get more of a a better understanding as to how this universe is forming. Yeah, we're advancing the world forward now. Like we're yeah. not building up a backstory; we're building upon it now. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think mm-hmm. of this I'll segment? Just add to what you guys are saying. You're just on that path of introducing the fellowship because yeah. now you've got what two more three more yeah members. We, we have gandalf and they're all going to be met here mm-hmm. in rivendell so we're kind of building to our our gang members yeah our, our posse yeah <laughs> regulators <laughs> mount up but this him with that blocker blocker <laughs> hit him with that ring clock <laughs> that ring clock um this has been virtual tavern a podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi and fantasy uh go ahead and catch us next friday or fantasy friday where we continue off where the fellowship and the council of elrond happens and we really begin our journey toward mordor so you're not going to want to miss that one 
But without further ado, my name is Adam Edgar. I am Hunter Chambliss. Jeremy Sill. And uh, RIP Toby Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and we will catch you guys on the next one. Ka-chow. Bye-bye.